What's up, everybody? This is Calvin Buchanan. And this is Cordell Beard of Underrepresented, the podcast about design and culture. And today, we got a special guest here today. Jay Blase in the building, man. A lot of things to go through today. But as always, before we dive into any type of content, we want to go through what y'all listening to these days. Um, I'm heavy on some trap music right now. T.I., Gucci Mane, uh, O.J. Juice, man, like all that. Yeah. Way back Georgia trap music, thinking back to the, what's that, the early two thousands with that. Yeah. Is there a why? Like why that's been heavy lately? Um, so I've been trying you at work lately. Nah, <laughs> but the, the the thing is like um, so I got I got some gold fronts. And I've been rocking Ooh, those all okay. week, and I've been in, yeah. in my car, and I was like, you know what? What's the what's the vibe with these gold fronts? You don't know me. <laughs> that's right. So we on that. Well, yeah. Dope like, boys in the trap. <laughs> what about um, you? For myself, as you know, I'm a old soul at times. I mean, even when y'all walked in, I was fucking some old school. Right. Um, but honestly, a lot of uh, a lot of old Jay Z. Um, what's it called? Uh, Reasonable doubt. Okay. I'm heavy on that earlier this week. Um, so like Frank Ocean, um, Blonde mm-hmm. album. Okay. Because I had that little shit Blonde okay. on my rotation lately too. Um, anything dropped this week at all? Any new albums? Oh, there's a lot. That you know, came out Wayne recently. did a new one with Rich the Kid. Yeah, that's pretty good. good. I ain't listened to it yet, so people don't get mad at me. Yeah, there's, there's a lot every week. There's new project. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, and I also went back to back in the day to Drake's Room for Improvement album. Mm. I've been bumping that. Kind okay. Of, okay. Midweek this week. So. Much respect. What about for yourself? Uh, right now, I've been listening to a lot of like this new neo soul vibe. Yeah. I've really been liking uh, Lucky Day and. Um, Brent Fires, like a lot of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'm listening to so much trap music in the club, the yeah. bass that it's like yeah. when I get in the car, I just need like mellow. Right. So right? Yeah. So people get in the car, we're gonna be shocked because they'd be yeah. like, "Oh, you about to play New Drake?" I'm like, "Bro, I played yeah. all that last night. I'm gonna yeah. play mellow vibe." So I'm a big R&B head. That's like really what got me in the music. So yeah, for sure. R&B always. Okay. Well, yeah. So I mean, as everybody's listening right now, I know they're thinking like, you know, who is this Jay Blase? Like, what's he about? Like, what's he on? And so I know you as a DJ. And I don't know much other than that. Yeah. Um, for yourself, how would you describe your career? Uh, as far as just my DJ career, or just in general. Um, you take it however you want to take it. Um, man, my career just has a lot of ups and downs, honestly. Uh, before I DJed, I worked corporate America. I worked Wells Fargo. Yeah. No dreads, short fade, suit every day. Okay. People are always <laughs> shocked by that. Um, yeah. but I've always just had a knack for talking. I've always been good at talking to people. My mom always made sure. I knew how to talk. I was the only child, single yeah. parent. So she was kind of like, you know, uh, doors aren't going to be open for us. So we have to make sure, you know, we're outspoken and know what we want. So I've always been able to get good at build, building connections. I love that. Um, at a young age. Um, so I was always in sales jobs. I would always yeah. get put in sales jobs. I went to college. I went to Normandale for about a year and a half. I dropped out. I wasn't a fan of school. That just yeah. wasn't for me. Because um, I'm the person always has, like, they'll ask the why, which yeah. typically is the kid that's viewed as, like, disrespectful. Yeah, totally. But I'm yeah. like, I need to know why this works, why we need to show the work for this if I got the right answer. I was that yeah. kid in math. <laughs> um, so with college, that, that format just didn't really work for me. Um, yeah. So I always got in sales jobs. So I, I worked at a car dealership. I worked at Wells Fargo. Um, my first job out of high school was Finish Line. So I got yeah. in sneakers. Mm. Um, worked at Dick's Sporting Goods. Was a, a sales manager there. Um, so I always love talking to people, but I didn't like selling. So when I yeah. got to the Wells Fargo, they were always trying to get me to sell stuff to people. And I was yeah. like, I'm not going to ruin people's credit and do all these yeah. things. Um, so that's when I kind of thought, what could I do that's people oriented, that's yeah. not selling to them? So I was like, I'll sell myself. Yeah. Which is how I got mm. into DJing. I so like that. I took a year off. I didn't know what I was going to do, honestly. I yeah. took a year off, saved a bunch of money, traveled with my boy DA, shout out to DA. 
uh, we traveled all around. And I ended up at Art Basel. So right. I told my mom. Okay. I told my mom. So I, I quit my job uh, January of I forgot what year it was. Now I've been DJing for like four years. So I told my mom basically give me a year. I said, yeah. Give me a year. I'm gonna figure something out. If I don't, I will go back to Wells Fargo if I have to. Yeah. So December came. And I went to Art Basel. <laughs> yeah, literally, literally. Year came, right? Like, I didn't know what yeah. I was doing. I was low-key stressing. Yeah. Uh, ended up at Art Basel. If you don't know that, it's like a great art festival mixed with kind of like a hip-hop vibe yeah, yeah. now. So I like, was it was like one in the morning or something at this party. And I looked around and it was like every race there. Everybody was having a yeah. good time. So I looked at my homie. I was like, I think I think I could do this, bro. I was like, I think yeah. this could think. Because I always love music, but I never yeah. thought about DJing. Because yeah. uh, equipment's expensive. You know, right. All that yeah. stuff. You don't think where to start. No one to teach you. So I was like, I looked at my boy, homeboy. I was like, I think I, I think I can do this, bro. He's like, yeah. yeah, of course you can, of course you can. You know, just yeah. amp me up. I like that. Um, then I have my first show two months after that. So yeah. February the next year, I have my first live show. Shout out to Piff. That was my first ever show. Yeah. So I did a show at Piff, and then my career kind of just grew from there. Yeah. How did it grow from there? Like you said, you didn't. No one taught you. You kind of just you at the party at Art Basel. Yeah. Then two so, months later. So how did you get that? So when I got back from there. So when I got back, I. Uh, Went on uh, eBay, looked up. Well, I went on YouTube actually. Went on YouTube trying to find what was the intro controller to get. Controller is like the little small yeah. board you use. Uh, okay. So I found like a cheap beginner one, two hundred fifty bucks. Ordered that. Uh, then I just went on YouTube, started looking, started to figure out how to. I looked up all these videos on how to do this, how to how to mix, how to do these things, and then. DJing is really easy to learn. I tell everyone this. Yeah. DJing is really, really easy to learn. It's just how you put your own flavor on it. How do you yeah. make yourself mm. different? Okay. The, the, the dynamic, I can teach you how to mix a record, honestly, yeah. within a day. Yeah. But it's how, how do I make myself different from you and your set? You know, right. you want TI and I'm R&B head. How do I make it where I mesh both the worlds and play to the crowd? A yeah. lot of DJs mess up because they, okay. they play for themselves. They play for themselves. They're like, I don't care who's in front <laughs> of me. I'm going to play too. the same 40 songs. <laughs> right. Yeah. this is what I listen to in the car. Yeah. Um, so once I did that... Um, I just kept practicing at the crib, yeah. doing that. And then, like I said, since I was already a people person, people already had showed love to me because I never asked for anything. Yeah. So once I announced the thing that I was doing, people yeah. were connecting me. You know, you've even done it for me. Yeah, it was exactly. like, oh, Jay Blase is a cool person. He's a good DJ. I'm going to connect you with this person. So yeah. then it just kept growing like that. And that's how the network Yeah, can doing. we stop you right there with Blase? Where's Blase come from? Uh, so DA, again, he came up with that name randomly before I was yeah. DJing. So people don't know this, actually. Before... Between the Wells Fargo job, I did sneaker reviews. So I worked for Kicks yeah. on Fire. So I had right. a YouTube channel. Okay. Yeah, so I was really big on the kick game, like crazy yeah. big on it. Um, so that when I worked at Finish Line, everyone was like, you need to do something with shoes. Yeah. So I started doing YouTube v- reviews, um, on, and I got hired on Kicks on Fire, yeah. and I used to be called Mr. Shoelace. So that was like my Instagram handle, that was my YouTube handle, yeah. everything. And I got off the shoe game, I just was kind of over it. And my homie's like, bro, you need to change this. Like, he's like, you're so to me just that shoelace, you're not tied to shoes anymore. Right. Like, yeah. what, what's your name going to be? And I was like, I don't really know, bro. And yeah. Like, one day we was like out, and he was like, I'm going to start calling you Blase. Yeah. Blase is your name. I was like, all right, bro. And, like, yeah. and a lot of people don't know him. Black community, Blase, Blase, you know, so yeah, on and right. so forth, that saying. <laughs> Uh, so it just kind of stuck, and then the song by Ty Dolla Sign came out like after yeah. that, randomly. Yeah. So then everyone was like, "Oh, yeah, like, the anthem, right? this is awesome. So I was like, "That worked out great." Right. So once I started DJing, I literally just put the J in front of it, changed yeah. my Instagram name to I'm J Blase, yeah. and just rest of history. That's wild. Yeah, it, man, the stars aligned for me. Yeah, that is, yeah, that's great. Um, it's like I think one of the craziest things about um, DJing is like it's a almost like a medium role between like, the audience, and then the celebrity, like, the person that made the song, you know? Right. And you're kind of now curating that vibe for the audience. So, in a way, like, there's a lot of DJs that, you know, do shows for millions of people, but 
no one really knows who they are, you know? Right. But they know that song by Drake that the DJ mixed with, this yeah. old Michael Jackson okay. song, and, like, now they know that remix, but they don't know who actually made that remix, you know? Yeah. So, like, what do you see for yourself as far as um, your career as a DJ? Do you want to be a celebrity someday? Do you want to more so, like, That's stay? a great question, because I kind of go back and forth on that. Like, yeah. so when I first started DJing, like, my whole mindset was really naive. I was yeah. like... Because I'm an introvert. That's like when I'm a true introvert, yeah. I can talk to people, but I'm really mellow. I take, I, I think going to the crib versus going out a lot, which yeah. right, blows people's minds. I'm <laughs> yeah. in the club all the time. Um, but so I kind of bounce back and forth between that. Um, but I always kind of want to be on the entrepreneurial side. I think yeah. in my successive career, I always want to have businesses and be involved, but I want to up bring, uh, bring up other DJs and yeah. kind of be behind mm-hmm. the scenes okay. at some point. Yeah. Um, just because I don't like being in the, the front of it. Like, I told I tell everyone all the time, I'm like, if I could have done, like, the marshmallow thing and wore a helmet that. and yeah. no one knew what I was doing, I would have done that. But I just didn't think of it. I didn't yeah. think my career getting as big as it was. So it's kind of weird now because I get identified random places like Target sometimes. Yeah. It's kind of crazy <laughs> as my career gets bigger. I'm like, oh, yeah. you know who I am? Like, you're the DJ yeah. at baseball bar. I'm yeah, like, like the oh. homie from my job. They went to you. To yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he walked up to me. He's like, oh, your corner was boy. He told yeah. me that. I was like, oh, what, what's yeah, up, bro? Like, together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's like kind of it's kind of crazy to see that balance. But I don't think I want my celebrity to get too big yeah. with it. Right. I don't think that's, like, in my cards. But... Um, if it happened, you know, I mean, I'd be willing, but I think my thing is kind of more so like curating the vibe. I like curating the vibe, and I want to eventually own venues. That's like yeah. my space, okay, uh, where I think I could thrive and kind of like curate. Like you know, you go into like a dope like coffee shop, or yeah, and those spots that the music's playing, and it's like vibe. Yeah. You don't know really who's like I want to be that person. Yeah, like, I okay. want to be kind of more behind yeah. the scenes. So. That's real. Yeah, Cornell was saying that. Um, you kind of made a point about how DJs don't play to the audience, and like Cornell was like how designers don't do the same thing. Um, can you talk about that? Like, again, making that you are responding to the audience. Cause I know like designers make stuff all the time. And you're like, I think this is dope. Other designers think it's dope, but you're not addressing the audience or who right. the people this is for. Can you talk yeah. about that a little bit? Yeah. So I think that's kind of what sets me apart from a lot of DJs is when I, before I started DJing, I was going out and I was, you know, new songs are coming out. I was really going to the club a lot, right? When Travis, started, Travis Scott just started bubbling yeah. and I was never hearing it here. I was never hearing the music mm, that okay. was like hot. I was like, yeah. we felt delayed a little bit. Minnesota, I always thought it was kind of like a following state a little bit yeah. with the sound. We follow Chicago and like the Southern yeah. states, right. but we never really set the tone of like the new vibe. Yeah. So every time we were going out, I'm like, I never hear these new artists yeah. that I want to hear. And I knew the crowd wanted to hear him. So once I started DJing, I was like, you know, I'm going to start playing to what the people want to hear. Okay. Uh, so I was like, me, that's like I said, I'm an R&B head. I'll listen to R&B in the car all day. But yeah. I know I'm not going to play R&B yeah. at the peak of the club. Um, so it's really just learning how to read people. And I think yeah. me being in sales jobs taught me how to read different people. Okay. Um, so it kind of all worked out that way. Okay. Does that answer your question? That is. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Um, is there any kind of new things you broke? I know that... Um, you had, we did the event and you kind of put me on the some the BJ Chicago oh, Kid yeah, type of joint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what you know, you said like Chicago music. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> BJ Chicago Kid, that was my, my joint. You said what's some music I put people on to? Yeah. Uh, man, I think. Everything. Yeah, I, you know, not, <laughs> I made it. That's a hard question to be humble for. Um, yeah. I think my I, I pride myself on like being the first to play everything. Like, okay. Yeah. Anything that I think is hot, I think I'm good at predicting what's going to be the hot record and what's going to fall off. Okay. Yeah. Um, so every Thursday night, this is a tip for anybody who wants to DJ. Every Thursday night at 11 o'clock, I listen to all the new music the night before. Okay. So because every artist drops music at 11 our time. Okay. Yeah. So I go on Spotify and Apple Music and I listen to all the music and then I know what's going to be the next record for tomorrow. So I, I mm, DJ every Friday night. Okay. So I always try to put in a couple of those new records so the crowd might not know it. And I think this is what uh, scares a lot of DJs that, that once you get that like once the crowd goes crazy for a certain song, you always want that feeling. You're always chasing like yeah. the okay. if they're not screaming going crazy, then you think you're not doing well. Yeah. But I try to find that balance where it's like I'll throw in a new record that people might not know the words to, but 
that next couple weeks you're gonna be like, oh, that DJ played that a couple yeah. weeks, so I've heard this. So that's kind of he's finding finding that balance. You gotta play the records that everyone knows, but still find a way to make it your own and sneak in those new records. Okay, yeah. so I try to find a few that I can play that Friday night throughout the night. Okay. I think that's a good way to go about it because, as we all know, like music is essentially got archive for memories, right? Mm-hmm. And you're pretty much creating that memory for that person before they even knew that they'll remember this moment, you yeah. know? Mm. And I find that too when I'm, you know, traveling, whether it's in Vegas or Miami or LA or whatever, and I hear a song when I'm at the club and I'm kind of thrown off. And it's like, that's going to be forever ingrained in my head now when I hear this song. You know? Yeah. And like, you're in charge of that. Yeah. Like, you're actually in charge of that. You're creating memories for people, you know, every that's time the they crazy, come out. That's the crazy part because I never really thought about that when I started the career, but it's like, yeah. now I DJ people's weddings. Yeah. It's nuts because I'm like, they're mm. always going to remember that's me. That's true. Yeah. yeah. That, like, made the reception lit. Yeah. Right. So it's like, it's a, it's kind of like a big burden, but it's like, if you don't think about it, it's, it goes yeah. really smoothly. Like, you just have to treat every event kind of just like its own. Yeah. But I, I've been thinking about that a lot lately. I'm like, dang, I'm like memorizing a lot of these people's like yeah. event history. Right. Like little kids and all these things. It's like crazy. So that's why I always try to make sure like I stand out. Yeah. Actually, I want to go into that. You just mentioned kids. Yeah. So I know a part of your career is, you know, DJing in the club scene and brunch scenes and things like that. But I know a lot of part of your career is also like the philanthropic endeavors that you go on too. Can you yeah. talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, so I work with a lot of young kids. That's like my main thing. So that's a shout out to Julius as well. He got me involved in a program called Young Life when I first yeah. started DJing. So when I first started DJing, I just had that Piff show. Juice used to work at yeah. Piff, and he was like, "Hey, you should come DJ for these high schoolers." And yeah. I'm always, I always feel like high schoolers are underrepresented. No, no pun intended. Yeah. Most um, but especially black men, you know, black young men when they're coming up. When I was growing up and going to, like, the Roller Guard and things like that, there was no music really represented us. Hip-hop was yeah. viewed as, like, bad. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they weren't playing the T.I. I was only hearing that in the car with my mom. Right. Yeah. I wanted to hear it at Roller Guards. I'm hearing Chicken Dance and yeah. Rain. <laughs> right. And so, I'm like, yeah. so I'm like, now that I get to work with high schoolers, it's cool because I can kind of be in these places. Like, I got to DJ at the Minneapolis Institute of Art. Oh, that's and right. I got to play, you know... Uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire, and Aaliyah, mm, and I still okay. got to play, you know, I played Baby Shark for some of the young kids, yeah. right. and I still got to play some Drake, so it's like, cool, because it's like, I, I went to that same museum, and I never yeah. heard any hip-hop, right. any black yeah. artists, ever, yeah. so that's kind of what drives me to work with the young people, because, you know, I try to tell young people all the time, like, everybody's path is going to be different, yeah. um, but, you know, if you work hard at it, you can make it happen, I tell yeah. everyone, I'm not meant to be a DJ, but the fact that I made it happen shows them they can do whatever they yeah. Um, so that's really what motivates me. So eventually, I want to have a community center uh, for young kids where they can yeah. come oh, do their work, um, have a podcast space if they want to like rent out the podcast space. Yeah. Um, just because I know young people. When I thought about DJing, even I was in my twenties, yeah. I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be hard. I can't afford this. How am I gonna yeah. do this?" So I know a seventeen-year-old kid who's like, "College might not be my thing, or maybe I do want to go to college, but I also have this dream of being, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. uh, Twitch streamer." whatever it may be i'm like yeah you you can do it like yeah. you know so if i can uh help them with the tools or connect them with people you know if i know someone who's graphic design i know yeah. who to connect them with right you know I mean? so it's like it's all about building those relationships yeah. so that's what really motivates me to do it do you ever do they ever censor what you're playing at these events um again trying to get a hold uh, of the playlist like uh we don't know if we want any ti in this event uh no with like with the more more most corporate events i'm typically referred to now that's a great thing about like building your brand it's kind of like you're referred to someone who knows what you do. So right. kind of it's like sit back and watch them work. Okay. Which is great. Um, and, you know, you just kind of use your judgment. You know, right. certain music's not going to be good in certain venues. But uh, for the most part, they don't filter me. Like, the only place I really get filtered is weddings. And that's because they're like, we don't want Cupid Shuffle. And I'm like, I don't want <laughs> Right. Like, I don't want to play Cupid Shuffle anyway. <laughs> so that's like the only place where people are like, don't play this. Okay. But for yeah. the most part, I get freedom to do whatever I want. That's dope. Yeah. 
But that came with like earned. I kind of earned it. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. I guess even sitting in on that topic there. Other than like the financing part of getting into like being a DJ and potentially having like the mouthpiece to talk your way to places, what do you feel like are the other barriers to entry for DJs, uh, specifically DJs mm-hmm. of a younger, you know, Black Jordan or Black, you know, Jay Blase yeah. coming into like what are the barriers for you to even get the work? Uh, barriers, I think it just kind of you have to start early with kind of knowing what you want to do because yeah. different venues are for different things. So like if you want to be say, like, a corporate event DJ, it's going to be a lot harder to get to those corporate events because those people are a little more, like, restricted, like I was saying, with what you can do, what you can't do. Um, so to get that kind of respect, it's like you have to establish what you want to do right yeah. away, if that makes sense. So, like, when I first started out, I got I partnered with a place called Basin Bar, which is where I still DJ, yeah. because I looked at that, at that as kind of like an open palette. It was a mostly white bar, yeah. um, but there was no cover charge, no dress code, and I know how many of my friends who had issues having dress codes going to, like, a lot of the black clubs, because yeah. they were like, oh, you have to wear a collared shirt, and I'm like, that's not yeah. really, like, the right. swag, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so it's, like, now essential yeah. to have one, you know, I'm wearing a collared shirt right now, which is funny, but, like, when I go to the club and I would wear different clothes, they'd be like, yeah. oh, no, like, no ripped jeans. I'm like, what do you mean no ripped jeans? Yeah, all the biggest celebrities were wearing right. Yeah, jeans. You know I can see Drake walking here right now with some ripped jeans. Exactly. Let him in. You know what? Right. They'd be like, no joggers when joggers got hot. I'm like, yeah. bro, these joggers cost more than like, yeah. right? You know what I mean, like, not to flex, but I'm like, this is more than this person's dress pants if they got an H and M. Right. Whatever it means. But so exactly. it's like, it was a weird thing. So when I saw that at Basin Bar, I was like, okay, this is the open palette where all my people can come through. Yeah. And I can put, set the precedent of playing all different varieties of music. Mm, okay. Yeah. Um. So I did that very early, and then that kind of opened up the palette of people being like, oh, this dude plays everything yeah which then that's how i kind of partnered with houston and i did a lot more like black events which was yeah. great um so i just i kind of to kind of rewind on my question i kind of got lost on attention there sure. but um i say just kind of establish what you want yeah and just go for it you have to constantly like stay consistent and on brand with yourself whatever your brand is yeah. you have to stay consistent with that like mine is like very like inclusive like everyone yeah. is involved so it's like you have to make sure that's your thing if you want to be the trap dj start making some trap mixes on instagram and yeah. start trying to reach out to people who run like Monarch and Gold Room and those type of things. Just, yeah. Yeah. What do you feel like is the the future for you as a DJ? Besides the entrepreneurial endeavors, like, is there a capstone project that like uh, one day you can see yourself at Art Basel, like really on the one side? Yeah, I want to do Art Basel. I'm like, I love Minnesota. Like, I tell yeah. everyone I love them. Like, I've never been the person who's like, I want to move away. I don't know why. I just always love it here. I like yeah. that. So... I think one of the big, I mean, I want to do one of the sporting events. Like, I want yeah. to do a Wild game or a Twins game okay. or a Vikings game. Like, I feel like they don't, like, they're so funny. When I went on that rant on Instagram. Yeah. So, I went on a rant on social media for anyone watching, um, just kind of saying, like, black DJs aren't really represented as what they should be. Yeah. But our music's always played. Like, you'll yeah. hear DMX at the Twins game, but it's typically yeah. a white person DJing, yeah. which is a problem that I don't know that person's history. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, you'll go to the Twins game, you'll hear all the songs, you know what I mean? So, yeah. um, I, I want to be one of those DJs up there. And there's been a couple of DJs now um, that have, they've been starting putting in those venues. And they kind of yeah. have partnerships, but I think it would be nice to have a residency at yeah. I was going to say, are those ro- those rotating DJs, or are they kind of like staff kind of people so that are in there? The, in there uh, for the Timberwolves, they have like a, a resident DJ. That's okay. Like the only DJ who DJs there. Um, and then the Twins, I went to a couple games, and they're like rotating through DJs. So okay. Like yeah. Kind of finding like the next up and coming, I think. Okay. Which is cool. Um but typically, like, when you get those, like, it's kind of tough with, like, the DJ game because, like, by the time you get those sporting events, a lot of DJs are older. And I, like, try to tell. Yeah. I try to, like, talk about it. I don't really have anyone to tell. I try to talk about it as much as I can. Yeah. Like, the young people need to be representing okay. sporting events. Like, it should yeah. be a 40-year-old DJ up there who doesn't know 
the young kids yeah. coming to the Twins game. Like, eventually, I'm going to be too old to DJ. Yeah. Right. I, I tell everyone, like, eventually, yeah. you have to kind of gracefully bow out, you know? Yeah. Um, but, you know, once, if you strive to that goal, no one's ever going to Hold on. No one's ever going to give up Don't their residency. Go. Right. Like, a free check, you know, yeah. you're doing this. It's probably easy for them at this point. But it's yeah. like, there should be a young person, probably younger than me. It should be a 21-year-old yeah. kid up there who knows the young, young kids. Right. You know, if you vet them, right? Like, it's yeah. like, there's not really a pecking order in DJ, which is hard. It kind of gets really, like... Uh, like, they kind of butt heads a little bit. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. It's kind of like weird tension because people kind of get nervous. Like, oh, this person's going to take my residency. Yeah. I'm like, bro, there's enough space for all of us yeah. to get along. Like, I don't, I don't want any, I don't want your show. Yeah. You know, you can come DJ at my show. That's cool. Like, I, I, that's not my main yeah. goal. But people get really like, this is mine. This is my right. baby. I don't want to bring it in. Yeah. But I think it should be the opposite. I think it's like, okay, like, I'm in my 30s. I should start bringing somebody up. Yeah. Right. I respect who I can trust, who I can show them the ins and outs, even as far as like setting up equipment. Yeah. Like, this is the ins and outs of how you do this. Hand your business card to this person. Yeah. A lot of people don't learn, learn that. So when yeah. they become DJs, they get that one residency and they kind of have those bad habits. Yeah. And they just kind of carry on. All right. So everybody in my network at the Timberwolves, reach out to Blase about this. Because no, y'all know who y'all are. Y'all know who I'm talking to. <laughs> hey. Y'all can make that happen. Yeah. You're, reach out. You spoke. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's something that I never really thought about from a, like a DJ standpoint. So me as a designer, we always tend to like move in like a team aspect. Yeah. It's very rarely where I find myself being the sole designer, sole creative on a situation. But there's only one Friday night this week, and there's only one DJ that can have that job at that one club. Right. So when thinking about, I guess, um, spreading that wealth a little bit, how does that look mm. for you guys as DJs? So, I mean, even the way you said that, it's like, it's kind of backwards in a way, because it's like, there's that one club, but there's 50 venues in Minneapolis that, you know, need different DJs. So, it's kind of like building that network so that, because my, my, like, I get so busy to the point where it's like, I have to turn down a lot of shows, where I wish I had someone under me that could be like, hey, like, my little homie can do it, go do this. Like, Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I really am looking, like, anybody watching, I'm always looking to teach DJs and do things. Like, any skill What do you do with those? What do you do with those sets? Like, you said, you turn down a position, do you have, like, a network that you reach out to? Like, put somebody on? I I recommend. I just like, sorry, I don't have, I can't do it. Oh, man. Because I don't get to meet any of these DJs, so it's like, you know, your your brand is everything. So it's like, if I put Blase and friends on something, and I bring a DJ who gets too drunk or right. talk yeah. to somebody. Ooh, that's another conversation. We got to hop in. <laughs> you know, we can definitely talk yeah. about that. You know, DJs get too drunk or they show up late. They, You know, and it's like me, again, coming from that corporate mindset of Wells Fargo, I'm always early. Everything. Yeah. Right. You got to be early. But DJs are kind of like, oh, I'll start when I start and whatever. You know, <laughs> right. kinda, it's like, because, you know, entrepreneur, it's like, you guys can relate to this very much. Yeah. Entrepreneur, like, people think, oh, entrepreneurs, you get to chill more. But it's yeah. like, you're always on the clock to right. some yeah. extent. So it's like you gotta work harder than the nine to five person because the yep. nine to five person that check's guaranteed for them. Yeah. What are you doing from five to ten or ten to twelve? Yeah. Right. Every night, Saturday, Saturday night, Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Like like I said on Thursdays, every night I work on music. Like I have to. You have yeah. to be diligent on yourself because no one's there to check on. All right. Yeah. So a lot of DJs are kind of like, oh, I know I have my show. I'm good. All this other stuff is an extra thing, whatever. Especially if it's recommended to someone else. Like, oh, it's only my thing. Like, I'm yeah. just gonna take this, mm. you know, quick little money. All right. So yeah. it's like I always get really hesitant to that. Um, and I wish I did have people I could reach out to, but typically yeah. I'm like, I'm sorry, like there's nobody I can really trust enough. To right, do it. that's real. Um, so I try to tell them, you know. So I'm just like, it, it sucks because it's like I wish I could have a little homie under me who could make a little money, and then I know he's good and I could be somewhere else. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of the vision. Like that's kind of like the vision of growing my brand. Yeah. So you said branding. I want to stay with that too. Yeah. Um. So we talked about you building your brand and where it currently is today. Um, and you just talked about, you know, whether DJs can come in late or, you know, get into drunk on the job. 
what do you do in order to protect your brand as a DJ? Uh, well, I don't drink when I DJ. That's yeah. like not my thing. Like when I first started DJing, I really stopped drinking. I didn't drink for two years because, yeah. you know, like the the dap in DJing is like buying someone a drink. Like everyone wants to buy mm, you a drink. That's okay. Respect. Like right. you're feeling it. Let me buy you a drink. But it's like, if you if I get offered from 15 people, I'll look at my homie and be like, hey, what you want to drink? Yeah. He'll be like, oh, I'll do a Hennessy and Coke. I'll be like, hey, give me a Hennessy and Coke. Appreciate yeah. you, bro. And then he'll bring it back. He'll leave. And I'll be like, oh, I'll finish it or whatever. Right. Like, shot or if I pass it to my homie, he'll be like, oh, you missed it, bro. I, yeah. I just did it. But, yeah, those drinks well. You know, and it's hard because if I take, if I accept three drinks from somebody and then I don't accept from that person, that person's like, oh. He thinks yeah. he's too good for my right. dream. Yeah. But I'm like, no, yeah. bro. Like, I'm trying to work. <laughs> right. I'm reading a thousand songs in a night trying yeah. to find the file of this song. It's like, yeah. but some DJs can do it. Respect to them. There are DJs that I've seen who are actually better when they drink, which is yeah. kind of crazy. But I, I just, you know, that's one thing I've always, like, been really protective of. And it's also, like, knowing who's around you. Like, keeping yeah. people around you. Like, I'm very, like, I'm very proactive on, um, like, uh, sexual abuse and women in yeah. the venues and, like, um, I made, I did a thing called the Lights Out a Lights On Initiative, which was uh, women feeling comfortable in my spaces because yeah. there was like a big wave of people feeling like they were sexually assaulted at venues, things like yeah. that. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I want women mm-hmm. to feel represented. That's like why I do what I do, is so everyone yeah. can feel safe and party. It's not just to party and wild out and go crazy. It's like yeah. I want to feel I want to feel comfortable. I want to be in danger, whether it's male or female. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's you know being, knowing the people around you. Some you know some people grew up in a way where they think grabbing a woman's arm is okay to talk yeah. to them and things like that, and it's not. Anyone watches, not. Um, but uh, you know, women are kind of like the main point of making sure they're safe. If they're safe, I feel like everyone has a good time yeah. for the most part. Um, True. And men just have to have a little more respect in those spaces. I think they get a little drunk and you know, yeah. they buy a girl a drink, and they feel like the woman's their property. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think just keep knowing who's around you is really really crucial because you know yeah. a friend can mess up your brand by mistake even. Oh yeah, for um, real. So knowing who's around you, I don't drink a lot. Always being on time. And always communicating. Like, always yeah. make sure you're checking your email and communicate people, communicate with people efficiently and effectively. Yeah. Is there a way as a DJ that you can set the tone for that, um, like, the safety of women within the environment? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of why if you ever come to one of my shows, there's always, like, a lot of women on my stage. I always yeah. tell women, like, if they don't feel comfortable in the crowd, yeah. always Pull come up. on stage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I always tell the security. Okay. So, I'm yeah. like, I'm like, I'd rather have my stage full of plenty of women and they could be off on the side drinking whatever they do. Yeah. But if you don't feel safe in the space... Let me know, um, yeah. and I'll talk to the security, and we'll, I'll kick them out without a problem. Yeah. It doesn't really matter what's going on at that time. It's that's dope. That's real. real one, right? That is. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's some real stuff, no, man. No, 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 for real. And that's a, a lot of venues don't always see the eye-to-eye in that. They're kind of like, oh, this person spent a lot of money. I'm like, yeah. I don't know. Like, like, yeah, I don't really yeah. care. Right. Like, again, I got in this for safety, fun and safety, because when I used yeah. to go out, you know, we've all been in venues where it's like sketchy. You're like, I should be yeah. here right now. Yeah. I should be here. <laughs> I should have left 20 yeah. minutes ago. You know, yeah. it's like, I... Knock on wood, I've never had anyone feel yeah. that vibe for my shows for what they tell me. And I'm yeah. always very proactive in making sure that stays that way. Um, yeah. Which is why I've had to turn down some bags because I'm like, this venue doesn't align with my views. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. That's really dope because, like I said, I'm I'm that person that I'm in an event and I can feel the energy change. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to be in a, a club get shot up energy. I can feel it. Yeah. I've been, like I said, since I've been going out, I'm like, nah. So yeah. like I said, now nah, I won't even go out. So like safety being a big thing is like huge to me when I go out too. so yeah. I think that's great that the DJs also finds it important because yeah. I think that kind of again like you said that that person sets the tone not just with the music but kind of with that whole environment too so yeah. that's huge yeah. that's why I always uh, sorry I didn't mean to cut you, you off but that's why I always end my sets with R&B so like yeah. you ever been in my shows the last like 20 minutes trap. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I end with R&B because it's like yeah. 
men's adrenaline so high, you yeah. know, and you're leaving the club or you didn't get right. the girl's number, you might be mad. Yeah. I was like, let's just end the night on some love. Like, yeah. some real slow vibes. That way it kind of brings it down a little bit, sober up a little bit. Then that kind of evens it out a little yeah. bit versus, like, you know, leaving on, you know, Mo Bamba and you're just hyping yeah. his <laughs> Right. Yeah. And you're literally just like, I'm ready to knock some out. Because I've had yeah. songs where I'm like, I'm ready to fight, bro. Like, <laughs> this song just got me hype. Um, so I always try to end on, like, some slow music, real chill. Yeah. You know, if you want to get that girl's number, this is your time to do it respectfully. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> end on that Mo Bamba. Turn the lights on. Yeah. Everybody get up out of here now. You're like, <laughs> what? Be in a lot of venues. They'd be like, well, I'm just turned up now. Right. Yeah. Do something, and then that's when the fights yeah. happen outside the venue. Yeah. So. yeah, that was my that was my next question. It's like, what um, other measures you put in place to mitigate, you know, club shootings? That's been a thing. I mean, it's been a thing for since clubs have even been a thing. It's like club shootings. Yeah. But I feel like um, after the whole quarantine part and going back into like life again, yep. it seems to have been like an uprise in shootings at clubs, um, specifically here in Minneapolis too. I mean, um, the hard thing about that is. A lot of them club shootings happen because they have to connect to somebody. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, oh, Cornell's my boy. He's good. He doesn't got to get searched. Or yeah. his boys don't got to get searched. I'm like... I don't it. bring guns to the club. Just to let you... No, know. no, no. <laughs> definitely not. I'm just saying in general. Even with yeah. me, like, there's been yeah. plenty of times where I don't get patted down when I'm not DJing because I yeah. know so on and so forth. But I'm like, what if mm. I did have my... And I have a beef with someone in here. Yeah. Right. You know, because Minnesota's, like, really, like, crabs in the barrel mentality, especially in the black community. A lot of people don't like to put other people on and that yeah. person they have beef with or they tried to holler at the same girl in 2012 and I remember <laughs> that time, bro. Yeah. So it's like you get in that environment, you hear that loud music and then dude might have bumped you or whatever and now you're yeah. on that the whole night. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, and it's just, it's hard to, there's no way of really 100% stopping it. Yeah. Um, but I you know I think it just comes with a lot of people who are tied to those end up knowing somebody yeah. who could get them in or right. do anything like that which is unfortunate. Um, yeah. So, I just I love that you understand your power as a DJ though that yes. you're creating the environment yeah like I mean lights aside you know whatever drinks smoke whatever is in there yeah. you're actually creating the vibe for everybody that's in there for the night yeah. and you can go with Mo Bamba you can go with some cameo you know yeah. like it's really all on you yeah, yeah that's dope um, what have been I guess some of the changes like post pandemic or not I guess we're not even post pandemic but not from the peak of pandemic yeah, to yeah, where we are right now right yeah I feel like everybody was like just itching to get out so you seen like a change yeah kinda... so when pandemic first started I wasn't you know DJing often I did like three weddings which was kind of weird because it was like mask on we're not really gonna dance but we're kind if we can um, so that was kind of weird luckily I had saved some bread save your, if you're an entrepreneur save your money you have to save your money mm. you never know what's gonna happen that's a jewel yeah so always save your bread so luckily I was able to make it through the pandemic I was I was stressing though like I'm not gonna lie I was like what's gonna happen like DJing might be done like my career is all about people <laughs> <laughs> literally I was like everything's about uh, people everything I do is about people so I try to do like the IG real quick I mean, I'm gonna yeah. jump in yeah. Did you ever think about going back to corporate during that time? Or you kind of like, no. this is my life now. I'm going to make this hey, work. All money in, right? Yeah, I'm all money in with it, bro. I love like, it. I love it. I never it. thought, like, I'm about to fill out an application interview. Never. Okay. No. I love it. Never. So uh, I was like, what am I going to do about this? I was trying to think. I tried to think of how, how to keep my following engaged. So I did a couple of Instagram lives, yeah. um, which is kind of how my following got to know me a little better. I was doing the DJing, but then copyright infringement, Facebook, you got to start letting me DJ more because y'all was stopping me a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But so then I started doing lives and talking to people on there, which was cool because people got to know me a little better. Okay. People don't really get to talk to me when you're DJing, right? Which is really hard to build the connects. It's kind of yeah. like in between songs, like, oh, good to meet you. Yeah. Like you're Cornell's boy. Like when your homie yeah. came up, like, oh, what's up, bro? But it's like you really got to make sure that's a, a important connection when you dap everyone up because you never know who anyone is. Yeah. And it's like you don't ever want to feel like you come off too good for anybody. Yeah. Um. But so when the pandemic, when everything kind of opened back up, 
it like my world flips upside down because it got so busy. Okay. Because yeah. everyone like literally everyone wanted to go. Yeah. Because yeah, I'm a DJ. We need a DJ for this event. You know, yeah. our wedding was in 2020, but now we're pushing it back to 2021. Mm, Are you free? Okay. So I've had to turn down like a lot of shows because I've been double booked. That's why I wish I had someone right now. Right. Yeah. Like, I can't be in two places at once. And people, when they want me, they expect like a certain level of you know expertise. Right. So I'm like always trying to find someone that I can do that. So I'm still always looking. Um, but no, it's been great. Now it's like. Really good. That's dope. <laughs> you, I thought you, might, you had a oh, question. Nah. So, as we, we are, like, ending, like, um, nearing the end of the episode, yeah. question that we like to ask um, our, you know, uh, interviewees when they come in is the podcast is underrepresented, and we created it for specifically black people that are going through um, the progression in their career, or creative careers, whether you're a designer, photographer, um, musician, in your case, a DJ. So what's like? <clears throat> what does underrepresented mean to you as a DJ? Uh, I think it's just like embracing the underdog. I feel like you gotta. I feel like underrepresented. There's there's kind of like a a benefit in it. Cause I think yeah. people sleep on you a little bit. So it's yeah. like that time of when eyes might not be on you. It's that time to really get people to look. I yeah. think that's kind of what started me with DJ. I think people kind of expected me to just be like, oh, he's gonna come and go. But it's like I came in with a force. Yeah. So I think uh, underrepresented. I think you can really make that into a great thing you know i think yeah. it's typically viewed not with you guys but i think it's typically viewed as a negative like i'm not getting the shine i want or whatever it may be but it's like no like you can get people to look this is the time where you find that success you know yeah. jay-z and all them people were underrepresented at one time too yeah like, you know he might have been great on the block but they wasn't viewing him as a dj they were like hey, yeah. you want to rap yeah <laughs> right you know what i mean so it's like just find that blessing in it and just go like i think there's no excuses if you want something you can get it yeah. That's the only way I can really put it. Yeah, for sure. Is there any, uh, I guess like my last question for you, yeah. is um, who are your inspirations for DJs? Or I guess, not, not even that, let's go, DJs aside, it could be a DJ, it could be, I really get my inspiration from the, the wilderness, you know, like yeah. I just like to hang out in the forest and like somehow I just develop these things. So okay. What inspires um, you as a DJ? What inspires me as a DJ? That's, that's, that's a tough question. Um, so my inspiration is I mean, my mom, first and foremost. That's, yeah. that's literally how I got my DJ career started. Aww, I used to sit yeah. in the back seat yeah. and she would play R&B, all, everything, like all the slow music. So I always kind of think of uh, her when I'm doing a lot of my music and things like that. And I think that's why my brand is so important because I'm like, yeah. it's something that I, I could bring anyone to my shows. And I'm like, besides the lyrics of the song, but I know yeah. it's, a safe, <laughs> right. it's a safe environment. People know what I stand for. Um, my boy Vincent, he's a big inspiration to me. He's always kind of... Yeah applied work ethic for me he's always just showing me like put your head down and get it yeah no excuses um mm-hmm. there's not many djs i really look up to i mean there's a couple big ones like i'm really a big fan of diplo just because right. i like his how he mixes hip-hop with like caribbean and afro beats he's like he's a, he's a white dj but he does edm and a lot yeah. of different stuff um but i think the thing that really does set me apart is i don't look at other djs to DJ. yeah like i, I don't want to I don't want my set to ever look mm-hmm. like someone else's. So okay. it's like, you can, and you know, I'm sure designers have the same thing. Where oh, it's yeah, like, certainly. if you look at a certain type of design, you're going to start finding I avoid design for that very reason yeah. at times. Yeah, so it's like, I try to not even, like, I don't get to go to other DJ sets because I'm typically DJing, but yeah. I try to not watch or go out too much because then it's like, I'm either critiquing the person or I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm critiquing myself in the venue. So I don't really get to, like, enjoy myself all shit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I try to just focus on myself and be my own critic with that. But yeah. There's a lot of things that inspire me on any given day. You know, it could be a piece of art. It could be I was working on a cause puzzle. It could be a cause puzzle that makes you think of music. Yeah. Um, whatever TV shows, music yeah. on soundtracks on TV shows inspire me sometimes. It's just random. It's really All random. right. 
And I know I said that was my last question. But this is the actual last question. <laughs> bonus question. Bonus question. Bonus question. <laughs> is there any place or event that you've been to in the last decade of your life that has, like, in this moment right now, you thinking, oh, I guess it's probably Art Basel for you. Like, being in that environment, and that was, like, your coming of age story as a DJ. Yeah, or, so. Like, it was, like, so raw, and, like, this is really a vibe, and, like. Yeah, I think Art Basel was the one that made me, like, there was the first venue that was like, this is the vibe that should happen all the time. Yeah. Um, I'd had kind of the opposite of like, this is not what I want to do. You know, <laughs> yeah. this is not a, a, like I was saying, like those venues you don't want to be at. Right? Yeah. I've had a lot of those, which kind of like was what inspires me now when I DJ, like yeah. don't go down that route. Um, but Art Basel was like, because I'd gone to Art Basel twice before, right. uh, once before that. That was the second time I went. Yeah. Um, and that, that vibe is just good because like I said, it's everyone inclusive. Music is something like, that can bring everything together. Like yeah. even if people, if you speak a different language, if you feel the music the right way, mm-hmm. you can like it. You know, there's yeah. people who literally are um, deaf, but the vibrations of music, yeah. they enjoy it. Right. So it's like music can invite everyone in if you, yeah. you know, do it right. Um, so I think that's just kind of what inspires me. That seeing that Art Basel thing and seeing all these different people from all across the country enjoying yeah. it was dope. So I think that's like the main thing. We talked about how music can build memories too. Was there a song that you specifically remember at Art Basel that was like? This is the moment. Well, yeah. Future was playing. It was uh, Metro okay. Moon was DJing. Yeah. Okay. Was <laughs> so, yeah. So, Art Basel is crazy because it's like, I tell everyone, like, imagine Uptown Minneapolis. So, that's like Cowboy Jacks and all these different places. But then these record labels and these liquor companies come rent out the spaces. Yeah. Uh, so, you they rent out the spaces and it's like free RSVP to go. Yeah. So, you just like go on their Instagram, RSVP to go. And they'll have like Metro Boomin in one venue. They'll have like Lucky Day. Like I seen Virgil DJ out there before he like yeah. even had dropped like the retro ones or anything. Yeah. Uh, so Virgil's out there DJing. Um, they'll have like Diplo nice? out there. He's decent. He's, yeah. I mean, his music's <laughs> a little. He, he's interesting because he'll do like jazz into hip hop. So kind of like threw me off a little bit, but like yeah. the creativity of it, I respected. Yeah. Okay. I respect it more now that I'm a DJ. If I yeah. when I was a DJ, I was okay. like. What's his nigga on? Like that's yeah. kind of like, my mind's up. Right. It's kind of interesting, but now I like see how he was making himself different. Yeah. I respect it more. All right. Um, but yeah, then like Swiss Beats be out there DJing at like a Remy Martin party. Like there's just so much random different vibes you can get out yeah. there. Um, so yeah, I was like randomly at this Viceland party, and Metro Boomin was DJing, and he did like a whole future set because that was when he was producing like all right. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. So I was just like crazy and seeing all these people who like didn't speak any English. Like like this obviously a big. Uh, Hispanic community yeah, yeah, in Miami, right? And they were just like going crazy. I like, didn't know any of the lyrics, but just like yeah. they just felt it. And it was yeah. just like the room was just contagious, bro. Like it was nuts. And they had like all these uh, Viceland photo shoot pictures all kind of all around the room. So it was yeah. just like all these different. It's just like a crazy vibe, bro. I don't know. It's just nuts. Yeah, I like that how you talked about your from now as a DJ, you can understand Virgil and yeah. like what he was doing at that moment. And you know, we just had a conversation with Alvin about thinking of creative careers being more than just a person making a playlist for everybody to dance to for the mm-hmm. night. Yep. And how you just understood that with Virgil, that what he was doing is so much more than you could fathom as like a attendee to this event. Yep. And that's the hard thing about DJing too, is like sometimes you can like think too far in advance for the crowd. Where yeah. it's like you can lose them because you're like, oh, I'm doing some crazy stuff. Like, yeah. I'm doing these yeah. crazy mixes and scratching and doing all this stuff. And the crowd's just like, bro, we just want to hear the song. Like, yeah. right. favorite part of the Drake part <laughs> yeah. might come up and I might not hear it because yeah. you're scratching over yeah. right. So it's kind of like knowing when to like let off the gas a little bit. With DJs, yeah. I see some DJs where it's like great with like technique. Like they're just like scratch, do all this crazy stuff. But I'm like, bro, 
you gotta let them hear the favorite part of the song. Yeah, that's right. why everybody came out to hear like you know on the Drake way too sexy. Like if I'm yeah. talking over future talking, it's like bro, yeah. what are you doing? Right. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I like so you not like, that much. Though. Yeah, exactly. right. it's like you're a great DJ, bro, but we're still here to hear the songs we like. So yeah. it's like kind of finding that balance, and I figured that out pretty early. Sure. Well, I don't have any other questions. You got anything at all, Calvin? Nothing else from me. I appreciate you yeah. coming out. I appreciate y'all inviting me, man. I'm honored to be here, for real. Yeah, I most certainly. You want to drop your handles real quick on IG handles? Uh, yeah, IG is pretty much the only social media I use now, but it's the letter I, letter M, J-B-L-A-S-E-A-S-E. Yeah, J Blase. That's me. Um, I'll make sure we put that. So yeah, Michelle. I think I can spell, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, we love you all as always. Appreciate it. Calvin, anything? Part of words? Let's get some more RB in our lives. I know myself too. Just kind of cool to chill out lives. Yeah, I'm gonna go jump back in the car. Yeah, RB for the rest of the day then. For sure. All right, y'all. Appreciate y'all. Thanks.